real, it's real, and I can't contain myself. People told me it was a myth, especially Luca. Definitely didn't. But now I know that an ice cream Pokemon does exist. Dreams really do come true, right, Zeely? Also, we've been hanging out with Sully, and she told us her whole backstory. I'm a big fan. She also told us that she wanted to teach us some stuff, and we had a big battle. Luca and I won, and Tang, her orange guru, taught our Pokemon some new moves. Sully said Tang learned how to do it at the Solar Karn. Karn. Weird name, right? Anyway, she's gonna take us there today. Gotta go, Dad. I'm gonna get my yoga on before we head out. The next morning arrives at Sully's dugout, and you all are getting ready to leave to go check out this solar cairn, this mysterious structure out on the plains. It is quite early in the morning as y'all get up and get ready to go, as Sully's told you that uh, it would be best for y'all to get there before noon, so y'all are setting out pretty early. Is there anything that you would like to do or take care of before you leave? I don't think so. Oh, I guess, who's in my party? That's a great question. Who is in your party today? It's the same. It's going to be Fanta, Oscar, Jackie, Darla, and Levy. And I do, I would like to say that before when we wake up, Pearl is actually the, maybe in her mind, the first to wake up, mm-hmm. but she's not. Like, Sully's been up before her. But Pearl, like, takes a moment on the edge of, like, the cavern little home and, like, is with Celie, and we're trying to, like, lift our bodies off this rock. <laughs> like, we're, like, trying to do cool poses. It's like, yeah, feel it. Feel the forest lifting. Oh, wait, so you're you're trying to meditate really hard? Is that what you're I saying? I think so. Like I think you're, that's you're, what, In Pearl's mind, she wakes up before everyone else and tries to meditate before we go on this quest. Right, but meditate not for the sake of meditation. Meditate so that you can attempt to float off of the ground. For sure. <laughs> and then... We last two minutes at that, and then we start to style ourselves in this cool, like, gear. (laughs) Great, and y'all are getting ready to head out. Yes. Are you continuing to ride Tangerine today as y'all go toward whatever this thing is? Oh, sure. Cool. I didn't know if you wanted to keep on riding Tangerine or if you wanted to attempt to ride anybody else. Who else could I ride? I mean, like, Dwayne. I feel like I get too far ahead of the pack. (laughs) For Dwayne, that's a walk. (laughs) He's like, you're holding me back. Mm-hmm. And for Lucas' party, he's going to stick with Max, Roxanne, Lotza, Clefairy, and Hercules with Tufus just along for the ride. So he gets out Dozer to be his mount once again as well. And uh, Sally says, oh, well, I usually walk, but uh, all right, that'll, that'll work. We can walk too if it's the nature thing. If we have to walk, we like to walk. <laughs> oh, we can ride. That's all right. Uh, tell you what, I'll just hop up on that ride on with you. And she just hops up on him. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Dozer does not seem to notice or care. Nice. <laughs> He's like, I'm made of rocks. I'm fine. We'll be back before lunch now. Uh, well, it'll still take a good little ways, but we won't have to uh, try to run there, run back. That's usually my uh, morning jog. <laughs> what? Then you all set off. Well, now I What? So what is jogging? Tell me about that, Sully. And Why? Part of our training, we go running, do things. Me and Vigoroth race sometimes to see who can get there first. Things like that. This is so weird, am I right, Sealy? Or or. 
But the three of you set off in the morning to see the Solar Cairn, this strange and mysterious monument that Sully has told you about. Do uh, you Solar Care? Oh, wow. I don't even know what I was going for. <laughs> Sealy, did we? Wow, I had it on my morning cup of coffee. It really shows, huh? Or, or. <laughs> But you all ride north for most of the morning, seeing little but the wide open Podostroma Plains and the faint, faint outline of the Kanoko Range on the horizon. It's a somewhat foggy, cloudy morning today, actually, almost as if it's just threatening to rain at any moment. But for now, it seems to be holding off. Do you look for or do anything specific as y'all travel? It's a few hours ride, so if there's anything that you would like to do, you certainly may. Talk to Sully. We ask her some questions. I tried to teach her a song. Nice, nice. <laughs> Go ahead and just give me give me a performance check to see how that goes. Ten. You do a a fair job. It's not anything special, and she doesn't know all the lyrics because you're not sure that you know all the lyrics. I feel like I try to change songs three times because I get so excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're on like <laughs> just go ahead and skip into the next thing before like the you've really finished with one of them. Absolutely. Cool. But with that, you're not looking out for any other, like, wild Pokemon or anything like that. I don't think so. I mean, I don't want anybody to sneak up on me, but I don't think so. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Is it weird for it to rain today? Eh, not really. I mean, that's just weather sometimes, you know? Whoa, that was so deep, Sully. <laughs> you know, weather's just going to do what it will. I don't know. Sometimes it rains. Sometimes it's sunny. I mean, typically it's a little bit lighter outside. We don't have as much clouds, but rain is not unheard of out here. So. All right. Cool, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've survived. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes the air comes in off the lake over the east, you know. But after you all ride for most of the morning, eventually you feel even more uh, as though you are just in the middle of nowhere. No other signs of civilization for miles and miles. Sully, how do you know you're going the right way? Oh, well, we know where it is. We've gone out there enough. All we got to do is just go straight north from where the dugout is. And it's big enough that once you get close enough, you start to see it. Okay, so if okay. You, if you get a little off track, you'll be all right. All right, cool. All right, let me just chatter up more. Nice. Aside from the three of you and your Pokemon, the only other living beings around are the Pokemon that you occasionally see swooping below the clouds or skittering through the tall grass or along the stones. But ahead of you, you do see something that gets larger in your vision as you approach, as you were just told. Uh-huh. <laughs> A huge stone formation looms up ahead, directly below a break in the clouds. Once you ride up close enough to make out details, you can see that there appears to be a winding walkway going up this monument with steep rocks on the sides that quickly block your vision of the path as it curves its way upward. Right, well then, we're almost there. We're just going to go up there a little ways and then we'll be there. Cool. How do you approach? Just regular? Do you stay on the horse or do you get off and walk? Once you actually get to, like, the walkway thing. I'll take Sully's cue. I mean, I want to wa uh, ride up. Let's work. Am I right, Tangerine? <laughs> yeah, that for you. Um, but I'll take Sully's cue. Great. When you guys get to the actual, like, path part, she hops off a dozer. Ah, oh, darn it. Ah, does as well. Bye, okay. Tangerine. She poofs. <laughs> Where'd she go? I don't know. She was in a hot all alone. And near the mud. And our citrus summer salads. <laughs> that's another one, Sully. We'll teach you that one later. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely a song that I've 
heard of before. Oh, yeah, I know you're jamming to it. It's like <laughs> the careless whisper of this world. <laughs> oh, boy. So you follow behind, Sully, and you and Luca and Sully, along with your Pokemon that you have out currently, make your way up this winding path, feeling the warmth of the sun above, since this is underneath this break in the clouds in this specific area. Oh, Darla's out. She's loving it. She was really fussy all day, and now (laughs) she's finally like, yes. The sunlight here is definitely a nice contrast from the dreary chill that you felt most of the morning on your ride. Of course, you felt the dreary chill a little bit less than the others since you're on a a fire horse. Nice. (laughs) That's the way around it. (laughs) But as the path opens and you reach the top, you see another flat stone surface similar to the arena near Sully's dugout. A thin layer of red clay and wind-blown dust sits on the sun-baked stone, and you see the solar cairn before you. More high stone walls encompass this area, and five bestial ape-like statues form most of a hexagon around the perimeter, Hmm. the top point of which is made by the cairn itself, a tall, stacked stone structure with an ovular shape Now, this one isn't just simply stone stacked one on top of the other, but rather uh, it resembles more of a hut with no door in the way that the stones are built up and around each other. What do you do? Uh, Darla gets there first and like kind of stops before us and looks back at me. Yeah, I didn't know it was that cool either. Evie! And Darla's just looking around. She like hops on top of one of these statue things. Immediately. (laughs) I knew that that's, yeah. If anything happens, guys, I... Guarantee you Darla's going to activate it. (laughs) If there's any secret booby traps, 1,000% Darla will find them. And that's kind of why I want her out here, because I kind of want to (laughs) know. She is going, uh, it's a little bit more than the distance that she can, like, just straight up hop from one to the other, but that doesn't mean that she's not trying. Yeah. (laughs) As she does, uh, well, make an acrobatics check for Darla. Let's see. 17. 17. She doesn't fall on her face, but she does not quite make it from one to the other, but she lands gracefully enough as a sort of, I meant to do that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Look. She learned it from her mom. So what do you want to do now that you are up here? You see the structure before you in this wide open area up top. So this is cool, huh? Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that we all got here before noon because noon is when, uh, well, when you can activate the can. What? How many times have you done this, Silly? Is this like your normal day-to-day, your routine? Oh, I've done it a few times. Like I said, the first time I did it was with uh, Tang. But after that, you know, he, he learned how to do the things on his own. So I haven't, you know, come to actually do it as much. But it is uh, cool to see. Okay. So... Do you want to... Do we put a little pizza in the stones and then that begins the activation? No, no. But when, it, when it's noon and the sun's directly above, uh, that's, when it'll, that's when it'll start to do its thing. So we should get like a brownie mix going. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no opening, you know, to the inside. It really so. looks like an oven to me. Anybody else? Is anyone living in there? And Pearl kind of tries to peek uh, through Make the an investigation check. Oh. Three. Three. It is hard to see between the cracks. The stone is stacked quite tightly. Sully says, the, the only thing that I'll know of is that it, it seems like there might be a little bit of an opening at the top, but I've never tried to climb up to it. I'm scared that I'd knock the whole thing down. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Pearl? <laughs> I mean, got any flying types? <laughs> uh, I mean, Hercules is here. Even though he's not a flying type, he does have an innate fly speed of uh, 20 feet. So technically, yeah. Yeah, you want to give it a shot? How about an old Herc and take a peek? <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah, we'll check it out. We'll see. Okay, you're sure. Yeah, yeah, great idea, Luca. Great. So as uh, Luca hops on Hercules, who has his wings come out of his carapace and uh, begins to fly up a little bit, go ahead and make a perception check. This is for you, not for Luca. Oh, my goodness. Ten. Ten? It was a two. <laughs> I'm not using that dice right now. Oh, my gosh. It's not a dice envy dice. That's what I get. Roll one for Luca as well, just in case, because he's the one who's going up there. He got a four, but I don't know what his pluses are. Two higher than me. That's what you get for getting off the ground. Great. So it's just a seven total for him. Cool. Rolling hot today, folks. But as he flies up toward the top, he and Hercules go up in the air a little bit so that they can peek down into it. It's still a little bit before noon as y'all are here. But as he looks down in it, he says, I can't really see anything in there other than like, it looks like there's some more rocks. Uh, it's kind of just shadowy down there. So I, I can't really make too much out. Uh, no worries. Just get down before it hits noon. I don't want you to get like shot with a bolt of purple magic. <laughs> <laughs> As he flew up there and like got close to the opening, the only thing that you notice is it started feeling just like a little bit hotter. Oh like yeah, yeah, get down, get bit. down, man, get down. <laughs> Hercules, I'll take you out myself. And she starts to go a little slingshot. <laughs> they come down. Nice. Sully says, well, so how this thing works, is, as far as I can tell, is that when it hits noon, whatever is inside there, whatever it is, I don't know, activates. And uh, when it does, if you've got a Pokemon that can uh, use the magic, I guess, for lack of a better word, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think, I think Tang understands it better than I do. And the Oranguru's like, goo, <laughs> and nods. But I guess if you got somebody who knows how to use it and you can help them out, then ta-da, I guess. Like I said, I don't really understand the nuts and bolts of this thing. And it's obviously been here, been around way longer than I ever you have. So just thought it was cool. Yeah. So as you all get ready for the solar cairn to activate as noon is approaching, who would you like to like have out and ready? Because as Sully has informed you, this is how like her Pokemon were able to learn the special moves and things. Basically get a Pokemon who you think uh, you can help make the check. Uh, you will be making an Arcana check. For this one, since Tang is here, Tang will assist, but if you want to try to make an Arcana check for whichever Pokemon you want to try to teach one of these moves to. I guess I'll use Darla. I didn't really think this through at all, so Darla. <laughs> okay, you're going Darla. I think Luke is just going to have, like, Toofus come up. Just be like, yeah, I don't know. You've been around plenty of weird stuff. Why not? Darla, you are made for this. <laughs> Evie! You see that uh, while you were not looking, Evie has gotten, like, very close to the stone and, like, started to try to, like, yep. hit, but boop one of the bottom ones. Yep, for sure. And then, like, I think got a little close and it was like, whoa, what's going on? Hold on. <laughs> Evie! Yeah, it's hot. So, as you all are there and getting ready, the sun does finally reach its topmost 
point in the sky as it is directly above the solar cairn. You feel it coming directly down onto you all now. Everybody get your eclipse glasses. (laughs) I start passing them out. (laughs) You start passing out eclipse glasses. As the sun comes down and hits directly in the center of the solar cairn, you see that there does begin to have uh, this glow from inside uh, that shoots out of the thin cracks between the stones. And you walk forward with Darla. Make an arcana check with advantage as Tang, the Oranguru, walks up with you as well. Hi! Whatever weird hot pizza oven this is, this is Darla! Oh no! Nine. Oh, nine. Uh, I think that it's just a lot to sort of uh, try to process and everything as you all are like walking up to it that there's strange magical lights coming out from this large stone structure. Go ahead and make one for Luca as well with Doofus. Um, 11. Oh, wow. With advantage, huh? Yeah. I'm rolling so bad right now. Eight and 11. Well, there is a reason that you all do not do great on your arcana check. And it is this. As you are attempting to concentrate on honing in, focusing on whatever magical energy is coming out of the solar cairn, you've got Darla in your hands, held out, ready for whatever this is supposed baby to be. Baby Simba style. Full Baby Simba style. And Luca has got Tufus standing in front of him. Very suddenly, you hear a ping in your ear, followed by the lens of your aura reader <gasps> coming out and coming over your eye. Oh, no. It has suddenly begun to detect shadow energy to the south of you all. What do you do? <gasps> They're here. Luca, Luca, look. And I point I point out what I see. Yeah, his little aura reader has come out over his eye as well. He says, oh, yeah, okay, I don't, okay. Right. Rain check on this pizza oven, Sully. Yeah, what, what's going on? Sully, what's we got to get out of here. Uh, or we got to get ready. Batten down the hatches. All right, everybody, you got two shifts today. What do you want to do? The shadow energy seems to be coming from the south, which is the direction of the walkway that y'all came up on. No, 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 no. Can we all hide behind the little, behind, not the little, behind the statue? Behind the the cairn itself, the large stacked stone structure? Yeah, y'all can attempt to hide behind that. Yes. Cool. Go ahead and uh, roll stealth. Yes. For once in my life, I rolled a 19. 19. Excellent. Even with Sully's nine, Luca's got a, uh, let's see, 23? So, yeah, you guys hide. Okay. As y'all are, like, ready and prepared, as soon as that went off, you're like, okay, it's go time, something's happening. Y'all run and just sort of grab her and drag her behind you. Uh, and you also grab Tang, uh, who was not moving quick enough. <laughs> and you all hide behind the structure. I'm almost tempted to let Tang stay where he is and let that kind of be, like a way to test what their intentions are. Hmm. Interesting. Sully, Sully. And I, I throw that idea out to Sully. Uh, yeah, we, we can do that if you want. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Are you comfortable with that, Ting? Are you good with that? Good. I think if anyone can handle it, it's this guy. <laughs> and so, okay, so instead of everybody going back, you guys are going to go behind, but Tang is just going to chill out in front. Uh-huh. Great. Protect the pizza oven. He sits in front of it. <laughs> I don't want to be the first to initiate. Yeah. Yeah. And he fans himself as he does so, as it is now, uh, seems to be getting even hotter here. Go ahead and give me a perception check if you want to peek around while still, you know, staying stealth and everything. For sure. Oh, a two. A two? But I have plus eight. Okay, so a ten. (laughs) Great. 
Well, it doesn't take much because you hear the sounds of clomping hooves coming up the path, and then you see as whatever is coming approaches and enters this space. A familiar figure rides up the path, a slender, angular man with tanned skin and a pronounced mustache, dressed in black and white with a wide-brimmed cowboy hat. Angel Mooney enters. Oh, not who I was expecting. Riding atop his Stantler. But following behind him oh, are no. some unfamiliar figures. Oh, no, we got banditos. As it seems Mooney is riding with a gang now. No! Three other figures in Western attire ride up behind him. Describe to me the woman riding a Mudsdale. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, she's cool. She also has a black and red accent, you know, Western clothing. Uh-huh. And a black cowgirl hat. And her hair is in braids. And, you know, if Mooney had a love interest, we all know that this would be it. <laughs> Describe to me the man riding a Zeb Striker. It's kind of like that scene in 101 Dalmatians where it's like, oh, look at the owners, like how they match there. <laughs> that is a cool Pokemon. What the heck? I want a Zeb Striker. <laughs> the man with the Zeb Striker. He has blue cowboy boots that are cool. Okay. Um, a lot of turquoise jewelry. Oh, okay. Lots of the turquoise happening. Yeah, he's got some earrings in and stuff nice. that are very angular with turquoise jewelry as well. Nice. Also wearing a cowboy hat, but we all know if he took off his hat, we got a straight up mohawk. <laughs> nice. And finally, describe the person riding a giraffe rig. There are, uh, no, there's too many. No, a gang, uh, three tops, including Mooney. We don't need another guy. <laughs> What oh, do, that's so cool, too. What do they look like? Oh, they're so cool. Um, Why are all these people so cool? Maybe this guy isn't as, like, tough uh-huh. as the others. Mm-hmm. He's kind of just got some shapes on his pants and stuff, and <laughs> he's, he's munching on some hay. <laughs> okay. And he's kind of just, like, along for the ride. He's a little chiller. Okay. <laughs> kind of the, the low-key... Yeah, he's the low-key. They're the the most low-key semen one. Cool. You see those four figures riding up into the zone here. Mooney rides forward the most and sort of takes a look at the Oranguru and and looks around the rest of this area. Well, that is peculiar. You, uh, you here for something in there particular, friend? As he just says to this Oranguru, who just continues to look straight forward and fan itself. Well, all right. I don't know if you can understand me or not, but I uh, highly suggest you stay out of the way as we conduct our business here. And he turns back to the rest of his companions who are looking up at the cairn currently. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? But it is a shame that it's got to come down. As he lets the Grand Bull out of his Pokeball and the woman lets out a slender black and tan crocodile Pokemon. Are you doing anything or still hiding? <laughs> why? Why? Do, I want to like know why he's doing it. I, I was wondering if we could get him to monologue for a second more, but I also <laughs> don't want him to make any progress. <laughs> I'm going to wait. Just I, I, like I'm doing all these crazy baseball hand signals 
while while we're behind sweating, sweating like crazy. And I think we're going to wait until their Pokemon can get just a little closer and Aris can immediately attack their Pokemon. Okay, so you're saying that you want to, like, hold actions? Yeah. For once they for enter sure. the zone close to it? But, yeah, the minute I hear he wants to tear it down, my, my baseball signs I go, oh! And, like, wanna, oh, why I oughta fists. <laughs> All right. As Tang continues to sit in front of the structure, uh, not giving any indication that he intends to stop them or anything like that, more just looking on. Perfect guy for this job. <laughs> Stoic mm-hmm. is this Oranguru. But Mooney looks at the Gramble, and the woman looks at the crocodile, who she just gestures to do what Mooney says, as he says to both of them, well, all right, then take it down. Let's take a peek at what's inside. Nobody else wants to monologue? Nobody else? Nobody else wants to be like, but Mooney. Like, what about the chill guy in the giraffe? Like, oh, uh, Mooney, why are we doing this again? <laughs> can I get up? That feels like the right choice. To get a monologue? Yeah. Why, Mooney, why are we doing this again? Can you remind my old brain here? I'm on a giraffe. <laughs> He's not monologuing. He's Darn here to do business. All right. He's, right. a, he's a man of business. All right. We wait until they get as close as possible. Like, they're going to take their first action, and then we're going to snuss on. All right. As the Grand Bull and this crocodile Pokemon run forward, running directly around Tang to get to the Solar Cairn to attempt to, uh, as Mooney said, tear it open and see what's inside, you all pounce. I want to know what's inside, too, but not like this. Roll initiative. We win. We go first. This is going to be for after your little surprise round here. We go first. Oh, nat 20 and a 16. We are ready for the battle. Excellent. friends, Jonah here to say thank you for listening to Postcards from Pearl. I want to start off with a Monster Fight update. We have now released the updated beta version of Monster Fight for playtesting for anyone interested in giving it a try. It's still only available in our Discord at the moment. Once we release the official version 1.0, it'll be more widely available. But if you want to check out the game and chat about it with other people who are playing and trying it out for yourself, go on and hop over to the Quest Company Discord. Also, I'm feeling a little emotional tonight, y'all. Today, and yes, it's still technically Thursday night right now, so I'm counting it, was the unofficial two-year potiversary of Postcards from Pearl. The official Quest Company Junior potiversary is July 1st, which is coming up soon. We'll do something fun for that. It has been a really wild and stressful year and a weird couple of months with all of the upcoming changes we're making to the show and all of the changes in our real life with starting a business 
business and everything else we've got going on. But we are so thankful for each and every one of you out there listening. It really does mean the world to us to share our stories with you. And we are so happy to spread the joy of this world that we have created with you all. All right, that's enough of the mushy stuff. Let's get down to business so we can get back to this big fight. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about our fabulous partner, Dice Envy. This week, check out their featured sets, Fat Tuesday and Rainbow Big Party Vibes with both of those. And they've got some great sets on sale right now, too, like Soft Boy, Soak Damage, Frost, and personal favorite of mine, the Blight set. If you're looking to add to your dice hoard, you can get 10% off of your purchase at Dice Envy by going to DiceEnvy.com slash QuestCo or by using promo code QuestCo at checkout. That's Q-U-E-S-T-C-O for 10% off of your entire order. If you're a fan of what we do here on Quest Company Jr. and you would like to give us a boost, please go over to our page on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a rating and review. We really want to continue increasing our visibility and reaching new people with this podcast, and you leaving us a nice rating and review is a huge way that you can help us do just that. And if you really love what we do here at Quest Company Jr. and you want to take that next step in supporting us, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. For as little as $2 a month, you can help us with necessary expenses, help us continue to improve the quality of the show, and get access to exclusive content and patron rewards like actual postcards from Pearl. Huge shout out and thank you to our newest patron, Josh. Thank you so much for supporting the show and contributing directly to the work that we're doing on and off mic. And if you would like to give us that support, you could do so at patreon.com slash questcompanypodcast. You can find the link to the Patreon over on our website, questcompanyjunior.com. If you'd like to contact us, you could do so directly through our website or by finding us on Instagram and Twitter at Junior. You can also hang out with us in our Quest Company Discord server, like I mentioned earlier. The link to that is on our website and Twitter. We know that word of mouth is the best way to get people listening to a new podcast, and that is especially true for independent shows like ours. So we would love to see you posting about the podcast and telling your friends about us. If we see you tweeting about us or posting fan art using hashtag Junior or hashtag postcards from Pearl, you might get a character named after you on the show. And if you have fan art of the podcast that you want to share, just make sure when you post it to tag us so that we can see it. Quest Company Jr. is a proud member of Podicon Go, a group of independent podcasts supporting high-quality content that's fun for the whole family. Podicon Go is your reliable corner of the internet for the kind of podcast that everyone can enjoy, with shows ranging from animal facts to stories to audio dramas to RPG actual plays and more. Check them out at podicongo.com. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of the amazing artists whose music is featured in this episode. There's a lot of them this week. Thank you to Full Boy Media for the song Video Game Land. Thank you to Glitch X City for the songs Team Rocket Battle Remix versions 1 and 2, Team Rocket Hideout Remix, and Radio Tower Takeover Remix. Thank you to Braxton Burks and Materia Collective for the songs Battle Team Rocket Grunt and Team Rocket Strikes Back. Thank you to Zane for Pokemon Coliseum Normal Battle Remastered. Thank you to Rossini for the William Tell Overture. <laughs> Thank you to Kyle Preston for the songs Rise and Fossils. Thank you to Sir Cubworth for the song A Fallen Cowboy. Thanks to Chris Haugen for Way Out West. Thank you to Topher Moore and Alex Elena for Horses to Water. Thank you to Silent Partner for Stomping Grounds. Thank you to TGH for the song Beneath the Blaze. Thank you to Dark Sword for the Destiny Infinite and Ictogemia for National Park. And thank you to TabletopAudio.com for providing the ambience sounds. That's all for me, so let's get back to this Western showdown. Thank you for joining us here at Quest Company Jr.
So with initiative rolled, y'all did quite well. Yes, we were so ready. Great. So before we do anything else, first of all, you all have a surprise round against the Gramble and the tall, tan crocodile Pokemon as you jump out from behind the solar cairn to try to stop them from getting it. So with your natural 20, what's Darla going to do first? Uh, let's do bite and helping hand. Great. So you're going to bite which one? Uh, the crocodile. Okay. Going to bite that. And then who are you helping handing? I could do Luca first and then I could do Tang, right? Yeah. After that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your first turn, you're going to helping hand Max, the Riolu, who Luca is sending forward. Mm -hmm. Cool. Go ahead and roll to hit with that bite. 15. 15 does hit this Pokemon. So go ahead and roll your damage. 13. 13 points of damage is going to be halved to seven. Charlotte's ah! not good for this fight. And then she helping hands Max the Riolu? Yeah. Great. It is then Max's turn. What is Max going to do? Blaze kick. All right. He's going to try out that new blaze kick. Roll to hit. He yells, eats a pizza. <laughs> 10. Did he use the helping hand? Oh, no. Try rolling that D6 and add it to it then. Okay, gosh. Plus five, 15. 15 does hit as with the helping hand, the blaze kick connects with the grand bull. 11. 11 points of damage. Excellent. Well, hey there, old pal Rooney. Oh, well, well, well. Why am I not surprised? And as he says that, something that is surprising happens as Tang goes to use Headbutt on the Grand Bull. Yeah! Which is going to hit with a 17 as the Grand Bull takes 20 points of damage from Oranguru just like grabbing it by the neck and dunk. Nice. As Sully comes out from behind the rock and says, well, how's that for surprising? (laughs) Thank you, Sully. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. And as the Grand Bull takes that damage, we get into real initiative. Woo! As first up is Angel Mooney, who also rolled a natural 20. Don't we get a roll off? (laughs) Okay, we'll roll off. We'll roll off. Ridiculous. Come on now. All right. So I didn't even add anything to my nat 20. Ah. Think about it like that. I just rolled a 19 plus one, 20. Come at me, Mooney. He rolled an eight. So he was like, he's quick on the draw, but you you have his number this time as it's back to you. So our order is going to be you, then Mooney, then Luca, then Sully, then the rest of his gang who all rolled very poorly (laughs) on initiative. Fitting of a game. (laughs) But... Behind him, as the Gramble and this crocodile Pokemon are out, you see the one riding the Zeb Strika throw out a weird chameleon-looking thing, and oh, the one man. on the giraffe rig throws out something that looks like a cactus. Oh, man. We've seen that before. Okay. But not a cacnea. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, I, I'm going to waste this move a little bit and how cool it is and swap out to Oscar. Okay. <laughs> and for bonus action, I'll use Mach Punch. Great. Going to Mach Punch as a bonus action. Roll to hit with Oscar. 15. 15 will hit. Roll your damage. Six. Six is going to be double to 12 points of fighting damage. Making up for the surprise round. As Oscar bursts out of his ball and floats forward rapidly and boom, comes in with a nice uppercut against this shady looking crocodile. Nice one, Oscar. Welcome to the party, you old cowboy. (laughs) 
That is then going to take us to Mooney's turn as you've sent out Oscar to use a mock punch as Mooney is going to instruct the Grand Bull. All right, now we ain't got time for any of this nonsense. Get over there. Get what we came here for. Get back over here. So the Grand Bull, rather than trying to attack either of you, is going to try to get past the Riolu and Oranguru to try to get to the Cairn. Dami, that will provoke an attack of opportunity. It actually does not. What? Because... First of all, it's going to make an athletics check to see if it can get past the two of them. But between them and the cairn, it is not leaving their melee range and is able to just barely get past them as it just starts ripping and tearing, (gasps) trying to take apart this first part of the cairn. Hey, not cool! And it begins to remove stones. Oh my gosh! It feels hotter now. Not cool, dude! That is Mooney's turn as the Gramble is currently going about dismantling the cairn to try to get to whatever it is inside. It is then going to be Lucas' turn. What's Max got? Everything. That made him so angry. Blaze kick. All right. Max is going to, boom, come just to try to kick this Gramble right in the back with a blaze kick. 17 plus 5. That is going to hit. 15. 15 points of damage. Nice. Mm-hmm. As right now, the Grand Bull's focus is singularly on tearing away and getting to what's inside rather than being in combat trying to fight these things off. Ugh, it takes that blaze kick right in the back. And then it is going to be Sully's turn once again, who is going to instruct Max to do that again. With a <laughs> and a flick of the fingers, Max goes for another blaze kick. Oh, okay. 17. Hits. Eight. Eight more points of damage to the Grand Bull as Tang the Oranguru continues to look on with a just face of ape disapproval. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing is worse than when an ape disapproves. Like, watch Tarzan, guys. Like, like when that, you lose that, you've lost a lot in life. Stern brow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can't gain that back. No, you're done. You're, you're toast, done. man. Yep. That is then going to take us to the rest of Mooney's gang. I don't care. Because now the stones are off. And Pearl's very upset by that. Which reminds me, where did you all come to as you came around the sides? Did y'all like just kind of follow your Pokemon and get out here so you can kind of see what else is going on? Are you still hiding behind there a bit? What are you doing? Well, I say that we're kind of behind our Pokemon. And if I could punch that little Pokemon, I would right now. (laughs) If I could give him a nice slap on the wrist. But I think we're going to use our bodies as a way to just create another barrier for people to not get to that place. Great. So you are putting yourself between the crocodile Pokemon and the cairn? Yeah. And I think uh, Sully is doing a similar thing. And Luca is too. We are going to make a line, a row. Sully, if you were to hit that Pokemon right now, I'd forgive you. Because <laughs> you're closer. I think I think you're, uh, I think Tang would forgive you too. <laughs> <laughs> Luca is like over here on the side. He's trying to get in, but the Gramble got up to the cairn so fast uh, that it has, uh, is already there. So that's where y'all are at right now, as y'all have sort of gathered around it to try to uh, form a barrier between these Pokemon and, uh, you know, this bad gang and the actual thing. On their turns, Mooney says, well, don't just stand there. Y'all gone. Jess, Ringo, Elliot, help me out a little bit over here. Ringo! And Jess, okay. So Jess, who is commanding the Crocorock, says, Well, all right, Crocorock, show that little mushroom what a bite looks like. Rage while you're at it. Toofus in the background glares like, how dare you? (laughs) 
natural 17 to hit Oscar there. Wow, 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 wow. Rolled the minimum amount of damage, and it's going to be half because it's dark type, so that's three. Love it. Three. Six, half to three points of dark damage. Oh, sorry. I forgot about rage. Four points of dark damage. As that is Jess's turn, and then the Crocker Rock is actually going to continue trying to get around Oscar. No. No. Unacceptable. Pro attack of opportunity. With what attack? Can I, I can pick whatever I want. Any melee move that Oscar has. Drain punch. Drain punch. Okay, roll to hit. 23. <laughs> the Crocker Rock is going to use its intimidate ability to evoke disadvantage as it bears its awful reptilian teeth. Not going to have that today. 22. Still is going to hit then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as it turns around to do its awful, like, you know, that like crocodile gator, like hiss with the, I know with exactly the big teeth and the mouth about. open. Ooh, it's kind of like the geese. Oh, don't talk to me about geese. <laughs> okay. I would also like to add uh, my trainer dice. Ooh, okay. You're going to use an ace trainer. Battle dice. 25. 25. Yeah. Double to 50 points of damage. Yes. That's what I wanted. Don't come near this thing. Guys, I'm normally really good around the relics, and I even know even myself. If Darla knows, we were tempted to pull apart this thing, but it's not right. <laughs> With 50 points of super effective fighting damage, as the Crocker Rock hisses <laughs> at Oscar, Oscar just floats over and punches it in the face. Yes, don't touch this thing. That's right, Oscar. Good job. And then he sort of like dramatically turns around while he just levitates in the air, looks at the rest of these bandits. Lou, Brelu. He's like, that was your warning now, cow, cowpoke. Go <laughs> on, get, get one out. Warning. You get one warning. His bolo tie swings back when he turns back around. <laughs> Jess calls the Crocorock back in her ball and she says, well, all right then. Guess we're going to have to go over the top as she throws out a Murkrow. Ah, oh, no. Aerial. As the Murkrow flies up and it looks like they're going to try an aerial approach. This is not cool. I am so upset right now as a player, as a human being. If I was a listener, I'd be upset too. So I get it, guys. <laughs> it keeps getting hotter. That was her turn. Didn't go the way that she hoped. So now... It is going to be uh, the one on the Zeb Striker who has now been referred to as Ringo's turn. As Ringo has this uh, funky little chameleon who's going to attempt to shadow sneak and then bind up the Oranguru. Shadow sneak is going to hit with a 19. No. But its attempt to bind the Oranguru with its tongue is not successful. But as the Kecleon goes to use Shadow Sneak, what it did not realize is that Oranguru is part normal type, even though it's part psychic type, so it still is immune to ghosts somehow. Nice. <laughs> Whoopsie. Uh, so the Kecleon's just very close to Tang now. Yeah, all right. Meanwhile, this other cactus Pokemon that's got a couple of little offshoots that almost look like funky little ears with these pink flowers on the top just sort of like scoots its way forward as Elliot commands it to use pin missile as it shoots um, shoots these sharp projectiles at Oscar. No. That is a 23 to hit. That's going to be eight points of bug damage, which I believe will be super effective. Is he vulnerable to bug? No, he's not. Oh, he's not? 
No. Oh, I guess fighting type neutralized. Okay, just eight points then. But let's yeah. see if another one of these pin missiles hits him. Does hit again for another seven points. Hits again for another eight points. Oof. And that is all. But hits for a total of 23 points of bug damage there on Oscar. As boom, boom, boom. Full Wild West shootout style. Pin missiles. Pew, pew, pew. So that is Elliot's turn. Okay. That's then going to take us back to the top with you, Pearl. Ah, can I hit this bird? Do you have anything that is ranged that could hit it? As the Murkrow is up in the air about a good 15 feet right now. Mega Drain's a ranged attack. You could attempt to do that. All right, I'm going to do that. Wow, thank goodness the rolls are finally coming back to me. 16 plus 8? That will hit. 13. 13 points of damage is going to be half to 7. So you will get back four points plus add your big root for however much you get back. How much does that get Oscar? Oh, wow, 12. Great. So a total of 16 points back to Oscar health-wise. Great. As the Murkrow flies up overhead, you and Luca can both see with your aura readers that it is giving off shadow energy. Mooney, you know this isn't good. Ah! Why do you keep taking these jobs, you dummy? Well, they're the jobs that pay the bills. Okay, there are other jobs. Let me see your resume, I beg of you. We'll edit it, we'll make it, we'll get you a really nice cowboy hat. You'll go into an interval with you and you'll nail it. I would like to use uh, a reaction to hit someone else too. Like my bonus action. Oh, you've got a bonus action, sure. Who yeah. do you want to try to get with your bonus action? Who's hitting my uh, my guru? The Kecleon? Yeah. Great. So Oscar just floats over 10 feet and goes to hit the Kecleon with a bonus action attack. Mm -hmm. And what would that be? Mock punch. Mock punch. All right. Roll to hit with mock punch. That's a 16. 16 does not hit. Oh, can I add a dice? One of your trainer dice? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Cool. Attack and damage rolls. Unnatural 20 now. Unnatural 20 will hit. Yes. Seven. Seven points of damage is going to be doubled to 14. All right. See, so you knew it would be worth it. As that fighting move is super effective. And as it gets hit, you see this Kecleon uh, change color slightly as its color palette is now much closer, actually, to Oscars. Oh, wow, that's cool. That is the end of your turn, which is going to take us to Mooney, who is going to just command the Grand Bull. Now go on. Keep on getting in there till you can get in and get what we came here for. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about the bull. As the Gramble continues to just rip away at the stones here until... Sully, we have to do something! Oh, no, working on it, working on it, come on! But as the Gramble continues to pull stones away and just, just headbutt this thing, rip at it with his teeth and everything else, just throwing stones all over the place, he causes a wide enough gap that... <gasps> the full front half of this structure begins to buckle and fall apart. No! You all can see that on the inside, on a small, simple pedestal, there is a smooth, round stone that is tan with a turquoise circle in the middle with five curving red-orange sunbeams emerging from the center point. It is still glowing a bit from the noontime sun. The heat is now almost like blazing all around all of you. Like, Pearl, you are sweating. Everyone is sweating. It is hot. And as that comes down, Make a perception check real quick. 15. With a 15, you notice some of these statues around the perimeter beginning to crack and move a little bit. And you feel an even more intense heat above and behind you. Oh, 
no. Mooney, why are you doing this? Who wants this? Well, I am sorry, but that is secret information. Oh, I can't go you, you run wish. in my mouth. I know it's El Drago. She looks at him straight in the face. Make an insight check. Yeah, yeah, buddy. I know who your boss's name is. 20, unnatural, but. You see him like visibly twitch at that, and he says, now you know you shouldn't go saying that name. Yeah, you he... know you shouldn't be wrecking statuettes. As the grand bull is now like going to attempt to like grab this stone. How many of your goons know who they're working for, really? <laughs> you guys. Ooh, okay. I do not want this thing to touch the stone. I'm upset. Dang it, I hit the wrong person on that round. The Grand Bull is currently like reaching for <sighs> it. Much like Abu in the Cave of Wonders, we, we're seeing like that <laughs> slow motion of the Grand Bull going to grab it. But it's Luca's turn now. Just tackle him to the ground. Blaze Kick has worked on this thing, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll do Blaze Kick. All right, a Blaze Kick. Go ahead and roll the hit. A 12 does not hit. As Max is distracted for a moment, as he seemingly sensitive to whatever's happening here, as Riolu and Lucario are known to be the aura of things. It seems like as as the thing has come down, Max is aware that something is amiss, and his kick goes wide as the Grand Bull places a paw on the stone. No! I want to get like a little water thing that you use to train pets and squeeze it on him and say, bad, bad Grimble. <laughs> it is then Sully's turn who says, no, forget about the Kecleon. Go after that. Get the Granbull. As Oren Guru goes to use Zen Headbutt and is going to hit with a 21 for 25 points of damage as it just reaches back with its large ape hand and thunk, pulls the Granbull back who, as he's being pulled, dislodges the stone from the pedestal. No! Reverse effect! We're not helping anymore! <laughs> but as it reaches around and dunk, hits it with its zen headbutt, the grand bull looks quite dazed. But as the stone is removed from the pedestal... No! Pearl, you and everyone else here is now fully aware of the cracking and quivering and shaking and moving of these statues. These ape-like statues with their hands and feet just sort of tucked in close to their body with this zen look on their face. Crack open as you see a red squat ape-like Pokemon with long, bushy, flaming eyebrows curling at the base and round, black-ringed eyes Five of them burst out, each one from one of these statues. Well, looks like we triggered the alarm system. Hi, I'm Pearl. We're the good guys, I swear. <laughs> As the guardians of this thing have come to play. Oh, no. You also feel the now blazing heat behind you. Uh, and you see a silhouette of a shadow that is like coming down from the stone above. Oh no! I pour a bunch of Gatorade on myself. <laughs> you do, as above and behind you, you see a slender, ancient looking fox-like Pokemon that has nine huge flowing tails coming behind it. Its eyes glowing as it glares down at the violence happening below. We're the good guys, I swear! 
Um, I, I don't, I don't shout that. That's just inside my head. I, I whisper, Sully. Oh. Sully. Oh, hi. <laughs> Things are happening. That was Sully's turn, which is then going to take us to Jess, Ringo, and Elliot. Man, if I were you, I would hold my action. <laughs> the Murkrow swoops over and above out of melee range of the Oranguru and Grand Bull and Riolu as it sort of like flies above expectantly. That is what it's doing on its turn. Meanwhile, the Kecleon did not appreciate that from Oscar, and I need Oscar to make a wisdom saving throw. Ooh, seven. Ooh, with a seven, Oscar is going to take nine double to 18 points of psychic damage from this side beam and become confused. As it then is going to attempt also a shadow sneak, just for good measure. And hit Oscar for three points of ghost damage. That is that chameleon Pokemon's turn, as then the other cactus continues to shoot off these pin missiles. But that, with a natural four, is going to miss Oscar. That's going to take us back up to the top with you, Pearl. Um, Pearl would like to attempt to grab this bulldog, right? The bulldog that has the stone. Yeah, the grand bull is holding it currently. Just grab the bull, grand bull, and be like, put that thing back where it came from. Oh, so help me, so help me, so help me. And if you want to attempt to grab it from the Grand Bull as you run over there, go ahead and uh, that'll be your action, like, instead of, like, Oscar attacking. Is that all right? If you're trying to, like, actively grab it from it. Is it possible for me to be able to do that? You can make an athletics check versus the athletics check of the Grand Bull and see. Yeah, sure. We're already at this point where we have a, you know, epic Pokemon trying to reclaim its home. So, like, we got to, like, make it clear I'm on the right side here. This is not my Pokemon. She also shouts as she as she runs towards it. This is not my Pokemon. This Pokemon has, has made a goof. <laughs> not even a goof. Just done some bad decision making. Done, done some bad things. Great. Go ahead and uh, roll roll it then. Okay, mine's a fifteen. Oh dang! For real? Yeah. That is a twelve oh, for the Grand Bull. Yes. Oh dang! That is going to with that. You snatch the stone from it as it's still being like held and just like choked by Tang. <laughs> you just say, thank you very much. I say, hey, wrong decision. This is not my Pokemon. One more time. Just want to make that really clear. This is not my Pokemon. That is your turn. It is I then. I want to put that thing back where it came from. Oh, of course, of course. I'm putting it back where it came from. Great. So <laughs> you're going to go and try to put it back on the pedestal? Yes. Okay. Make my intentions very clear. You will you will provoke an attack of opportunity from the Grand So Bowl. worth it. Wow. Does an 11 hit? <laughs> my AC is 11. <laughs> <laughs> so even though Tang, like, holds onto it, trying to uh, keep it from getting you, <clears throat> with these big teeth, it just comes after and attempts to, like, bite after, trying to grab at the stone, as that was not what was supposed to happen. You lucked out, though, because it rolled real low on, like, all of those. I'm all about Pearl getting, you know, muddy and getting some dirt and the sweat. I mean, she's already sweated through her shirt. She's put a lot of sweat in the game. So oh, yeah. now let's just make it real. You feel a zapping <laughs> sensation. That you take nine points of electric damage from its thunderfang. It chomps down and tries to keep you from getting away. Ouch! It's back on the pedestal. <laughs> you do put it back. Uh, and you see that, like, all of these Pokemon who 
had come out of these statues are just like, like beating their chest and everything. And they look back at you as you've put it back and they look at the bandits. Yes. Thank you, monkeys. Thank you, statues. They get it. They're a smart species. For my bonus action, can Oscar just come closer to me? That would just be Oscar's movement. Oscar's movement? Can he just come closer to me to protect me from the bird that's flying up ahead? Yes, even though his speed is halved, he can come over there. However, he will provoke an attack of opportunity from the Kecleon. Yeah, and he's a homeboy confused. This Kecleon, surprise, it's a Kecleon. <laughs> I said it by accident, but I'm not, I'm just, I'm you not going to do You said a couple chameleon. by accident, Leanne, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, no. It tries to bind him before he can go anywhere. Does a 17 hit Oscar? Darn it, yeah. The tongue shoots out and like a lasso wraps around Oscar. It's He's just sort of like, little cross-eyed and floating in the air, a little sideways. And he takes four points of normal damage from the bind. That is the end of your turn, which is then going to take us to Mooney's turn as he yells out across the way, now, Gramble, I don't care what you got to do. Just give me that rock. Look at this thing. You think that Gramble can take on this? And she mentions the whatever legendary Pokemon in front of her. It seems as though all of their mounts are getting pretty spooked. Yep. <laughs> by all of this that's happening as they're pulling pulling tighter on the reins as they're starting to, you know, buck around a little bit. As Moody also says, I think we're going to have to improvise. So, Gramble is going to attempt to get past you to get the stone. So Not going to happen. And- I'm a thick child. <laughs> <laughs> Make an <laughs> athletics check. Again, I got a 15. The heat's really hard, but I, I did douse myself with electrolyte. It's a 15 for Grand Bull. Oh, gosh, another? Roll it off. Uh, oh, oh, 18. 19. No! As this Grand Bull just shoves you out of the way and goes to grab the stone, hey! then is going to chuck it up at the Murkrow. No. Who is going to make an athletics check to hold on? Because I mean, drop it, drop it. It's its claws are not really made for that, but we're gonna see. Drop it. It seems to have a very loose grip on it right now. Oh, they went with an aerial attack. Always have the high ground. That's what my dad would always say on the ship. It makes a lot of sense when you're sailing. L- Luke is not gonna make a comment about high ground on the ship. He's a little preoccupied right now, but. Mooney is going to ride on Stantler and come around a little bit closer right under where the Murkrow is. That is his turn, which is then going to bring us to the Nine Tails and these uh, awful guardian statue boys. Okay. But the Nine Tails, the only reason that it's not going first with its 26 in initiative is because y'all rolled natural 20s. But on its turn, Pearl, you feel now the source of this immense heat, not just sunlight, but the heat that is radiating from the nine tails up above as all of its tails just sort of float in the air and a massive heat wave comes out from it, which is going to force all of these banditos Pokemon to make a save. You all will not because... You, at this point, have proved that you are not here to take it away. So congratulations. Thank you. That was worth it, folks. For not getting uh, scorched right yeah, now. Yeah, All right. Let's see. Grand Bull fails. Murkrow fails. Kecleon fails. Good. If Mooney passes, so help me. The Cactus fails. 
And yeah, well, Mooney and his Stantler are right there in the zone too. So Stantler, nope. Mooney, no. Yes! As this heat wave rushes out. Oh! And that is going to be 35 points of fire damage. Yes. Which one hit KOs the cactus. Goodbye. Has the Kecleon looking very bad. KOs the Grand Bull, who was barely hanging on anyway. Yeah. And does a good chunk of damage to the Murkrow, who's going to make a save to see if it can hold on to this rock. Does, barely. Oh, you, you Murkrow. But the Cactus is out and the Grand Bull is out. This is fascinating. As the Ninetales' eyes continue to glow as it watches from above. My eyebrows are singed. And as the Granbull is KO'd, Mooney sends out his next Pokemon, the Meowth. And as the Ninetales does that, this heat wave washes across everything. That's uh, not, not great for them. As additionally, all of them that are left conscious that got hit by that heat wave are burned because they all failed that save by a lot. Nice. So, the Chameleon burned. Mooney burned. His Stantler burned. Murkrow burned. That is then going to take us to these guardian creatures, these ape-like Pokemon with this bright red-orange fur and these flaming eyebrows who, who are going to move from the positions that they were in. And let's see. The first one is going to come over to Mooney and uh, just use hammer arm on his Stantler. Yeah. But the Stantler looks at it with those eye-like antlers uh, and just sort of manages to throw it off just enough. It actually misses with a nine. Wow. The second one runs over to Ringo on the Zeb Strika with a fiery hot charge as it tries to use incinerate. Hits as the Zeb Strika takes 13 points of fire damage. The third one turns and looks at the giraffe rig directly behind it. As stones come up from the earth as it uses stone edge. Giraffe rig fails its save with a natural one. I'm shocked no one is running. They have not had an opportunity yet. <laughs> as that is 17 points of damage from the stone edge. The fourth one runs over toward Jess and is going to use thrash on the Mudsdale. The Mudsdale actually, <laughs> with its large and powerful horsey hooves, uh, bucks up and manages to get this thing just out of the way enough, but it seems as though it is going into a frenzy with this thrash. And then the other one that is over on the far side from where Mooney's at currently, uh, as they were going like counterclockwise around the order just then, it just starts on all fours, just running in his direction. Yes. With its eye to the sky where the Murkrow is. It's then Luca's turn. <laughs> You've set off the booby traps. <laughs> Not you, but um, they did. Oh, man, it was going to be one of us. Let me tell you that. The Meowth and the Chameleon are still up to fight. Yes, the Meowth has just come out. And you all, again, see on your aura reader that the Meowth has this shadow aura on it, as does the Murkrow. I think we would like to use Force Palm on the Chameleon. When it got hit with the heat wave... <laughs> Its colors took on a fiery, flaming appearance. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, let's force palm the Meowth. <laughs> Go ahead and roll to hit with force palm. Ooh, 23. 
Ooh, yeah, 23 will hit. Go ahead and roll that damage. Six. Six, double to 12 points of fighting damage to the Meowth. That is Max's turn as the Riolu is now in melee combat with the Meowth. It is then Sully who is going to have Tang uh, once again use Instruct and instruct Max to do Force Palm once again. There's only a 13. Ooh, a 13 is going to miss, unfortunately, as Max the Riolu goes for that other Force Palm attack. And the Meowth is going to, well, actually, what was the natural attack roll on that first one with the Force Palm when it hit? It was a 19. Fun thing about Force Palm, on a natural attack roll of 16 or higher, when you use it as a melee attack, because you can do it melee or ranged, when you do it melee and it's a 16 or higher, the target is paralyzed. Oh, so roll again? Don't roll again. The second one still misses, but the Meowth is paralyzed. Okay, thanks. Sure. <laughs> so there's at least something. I was like, wait a second. Cool. Thanks, yeah. So that is the Oranguru's turn as the Meowth is paralyzed, which is then going to take us to Jess, who is going to attempt to disengage from this big bad guy over here and ride over to the area where her Murkrow is. Wow. Still trying, huh? She then tells the Murkrow to drop the stone down to her, and it does. Oh! Well, you're the real Mooney, huh? I should have known. It's then Ringo's turn, and Ringo is going to, uh... <laughs> oh, man, that's... <laughs> that Kecleon's in a, uh, between a rock and a hard place right now. <laughs> he's gonna tell it to disengage and start running back toward where he's at as he's trying to stay wary of this other big bad boy. There's a bunch of big bad boys, but as the Kecleon is going to disengage, it will not provoke an attack of opportunity, but it is just going to run so it doesn't get a, an action. Except for a shadow sneak on its way out before it disengages as it hits the <laughs> big, big chungus over here for four points of damage. <laughs> as it turns to look, <laughs> the Kecleon immediately realizes that that was a bad choice, but it's running. That is Ringo's turn. It is then going to be Elliot's, who, um, since <laughs> the Maractus was uh, one hit KO'd by the heat wave, is going to have Giraffarig use side beam on this uh, big honkin' chonker over here to attempt to get it confused so that it will uh, stop. It does fail its wisdom save and takes four points of psychic damage. Uh, <laughs> but it is confused. So that is what's happening over there, which takes us all the way back up to the top with you, Pearl, you see that Jess on the Mudsdale now has the rock. You know how I said I had a slingshot? Uh-huh. Can I stand up on the pedestal and try to hit this lady with my slingshot? <laughs> right in between the eyes? Can I Dave and Goliath this really quick? Oh, my gosh. Well, do you want to try to do something, or do you want to send Oscar over there? Your choice. Oscar's confused and twisted and bound. He's not bound anymore as the Kecleon has oh, let him go okay. to get out of there. But he's confused. He is confused, so the choice is yours. I gotta take my shot. All right, you wanna... I'll say use, use your t-shirt cannon for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I did say I had a slingshot right before this. <laughs> it's perfect. 
<laughs> All right, go ahead and uh, roll. Uh, I guess just go ahead and, yeah, just make an attack roll, and then she's going to, if it hits, we'll see what happens with her. Come on, y'all. I know you're rooting for me at home. All right, all right. Here we go. I'm going to let the dice drop. A six will not hit as the stone goes wide and flies past Jess. You can still have Oscar move and do a bonus action, potentially. I would like to swap out. Who do you want to swap out to? I'm going to swap out for Darla. Okay, so you're going to swap Oscar out for Darla. Where in the vicinity do you want to place Darla? She doesn't have to be exactly where Oscar was. Let's place her as close to the Jess lady as we can. So kind of smack dab in the middle of this whole thing. Hi, Darla. I know you've missed a lot, and I know you were super curious about what everything about this place was. So look at the stone. That's what you missed. And now there's monkeys. Evie! I know you're happy to be here. Great. So that is what you do for your turn. It is then going to be Mooney's turn, who is going to have Stantler disengage from the big guy over here. As since Jess has the stone, he is booking it now, riding atop his mount toward the exit. He says, go Meowth, let's get on out. And the Meowth is going to run, but since he used his, his action to have Stantler disengage, Meowth does not get to disengage from Max, so Max can have an attack of opportunity. Force Palm. That's a uh, 15. 15 does hit. Roll the damage. Nice. Uh, 17. Oh, 17 is doubled to 34 points of damage. That me is like, I'm popping. Ah. Oh, nice. Uh, that definitely, as the Riolu is sort of like using the aura of the space and the heat and everything, comes in with that force palm, hits Meowth directly in the center of the back as it falls down on his face a little bit before picking himself back up and continuing to try to run after the boss here, but stops before provoking another attack of opportunity from one of the big guardian guys uh, as it's in a tricky spot and it does not want to get hit again, but the Meowth is looking rough now. That is Mooney's turn, which is then going to take us to the Nine Tails, who is still up top. Yeah, let's not forget about that angel. As the Nine Tails just looks and this, you see this ray of like ghostly fire shooting toward the Mudsdale that Jess is riding. Oh yeah, as it becomes burned by this Will-O-Wisp attack. Will-O-Wisp. Mudsdale is now burned. And I think that uh, Jess is feeling the heat as well. That is the Ninetales' turn. It's then all the rest of big boys over here. Yes. As two of them go to surround the Mudsdale, and the other two are going to stick where they were with Ringo and with Elliot in the back. And then the last one, I'm going to roll a d4 to see if it goes to try to just punch this Kecleon into oblivion or if it tries to get moody. Kecleon it is. And with a hammer arm attack, dunk, just sends the Kecleon flying. It gets sucked back into its ball before it just flies off who knows where. The Kecleon is out. Meanwhile, back over here with Jess, one of the big guys is going to use hammer arm and hit with an unnatural 20. Ooh! And do 16 points of damage to the Mudsdale. And the other one is going to attempt to use Thief to try to steal the rock back from Jess. Uh, a 16 definitely hits a, a human person, but Jess is going to make a dexterity check to try to hold on to it, even as she gets like thrashed by this thing. Does succeed on the save though, as she is not letting go, but this big boy has like two hands on it as she's holding on and looking for a chance to toss it off. 
So that's what's happening over there. Meanwhile, the one is going to attempt to incinerate on Zeb Stryka and does so with 11 points of fire damage. And then the other one hits Giraffarig with a thrash attack as that does eight points of damage to Giraffarig. That is then going to take us to Luca as they conclude their turn. Oh, wow, guys. I think Luca's going to try to uh, get finish the Meowth. All right, so Riolu is going to come after the Meowth. Yeah, another face palm. All right. Face palm. Just turns around, bah, right in the face. <laughs> uh, force palm. <laughs> Whoops. Now I get what you're saying. 15. 15 does hit. Yes. 16. 16 doubled to 32 points of damage as 32 was the exact amount of health that this thing had remaining as with this force palm Riolu just hits it once again actually does turn it around and just hits it right in the face uh, right where the Meowth's nose would be as he does fall down and Mooney pulls out the Meowth's ball to attempt to return it but Luca. <gasps> yes, Luca! Ew, you're gonna get the nastiest cat, but yeah! <laughs> Go, Luca! Go, Luca! Hey, hey! With the shining metal snag machine on his arm, you see these like bright light rings come around it as it like charges up for a moment, and he throws a great ball at oh. the meow. He hasn't even made a comment yet about it because he's so focused. As the beam of light from Mooney's ball is coming toward the Meowth to pull it back, Luca throws this great ball with this snagging energy, which hits the Meowth and sucks it in before the red bolt of energy from the other ball can come to the Meowth. And on the ground, as it falls, it shakes once, a twice, (gasps) a third time, and clicks. As Luca snags the Meowth. Whoa! So good. As he says, I guess this just wasn't your day, partner. That is his turn as Max, I think, runs over in the direction of where everybody is trying to flee from the other side. As he gets up in the mix near where Jess and these guardian things are as backup. That is his turn. It's then Sully's turn. What do you want Tang to do? Oh. There's currently nobody else close. What's going on with the bird again? The bird is up in the air, flying around and everything, uh, and has not received further instruction at this point, uh, as Jess is preoccupied down below. So what do you think Tang should do? What is Sully going to command Tang to do at this point? Can he just run monkey speed? (laughs) Yeah, attempt to run after. Love that. Could he run so fast that he gets in front of everybody else? Let's see. Let's see how much speed Tang has. With 25 feet of movement speed, Tang gets to sort of like right at the area where two of these large ape-like red guardians are coming after the Mudsdale and reaching for the large rock. He is within range to use stored power, though. Cool. Which Pokemon should he use it on? The Zeb Stryka, the Stantler, or the Girafferig? Stantler. As this is the fastest that you have seen Tang move at any point thus far, breaking out into that full on all fours run, just like on fists along with the feet. As 
hits the chest three big times and uses stored power on Stantler, which is going to hit with a 16. Nice. As the Stantler takes 16 points of psychic damage. So that ends Sully's turn, which is then going to take us to Jess, who is going to make a strength check to try to fully pry away the stone from the big guy who's trying to pluck it from her hands. Good luck. Yeah, nope, does not succeed. As uh, she was going to try to throw it up to the Murkrow, but could not do that. So she's just going to tell Mudsdale to run. And as the Mudsdale does, the big guy holds on, and I'm going to make Jess (laughs) make a uh, dex save to not fall off her horse. As she tells the Mudsdale to take off, it (laughs) does. Waiting for that order. With its big hooves begin to book it as she goes along with it, but then yoink, gets pulled back and falls to the ground. And as the Mudsdale is leaving, the other one is going to uh, thrash at it. But the Mudsdale uh, just keeps on running like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Big (laughs) horse getting out. Above my horsey pay grade, my equine pay grade. Way to go, monkeys. That's the turnaround we needed. So uh, (laughs) Jess is currently on the ground with two of these big guys right next to her. Nice. So we'll see how that goes for her. Meanwhile, on the other one's turns, they are going to, seeing that Mooney is coming out this way, looking very perturbed, they are going to both disengage from the guys who they are in melee with right now, and they are going to run as they start riding down the path. That is their turns, which is then going to take us back up to the top to your turn, Pearl. Darla, we can't let them all get away. I want her to run to Mooney's Stantler and bite. All right, going to bite the Stantler. Roll to hit. 17. 17 does hit. Woo! Can I add a trainer die? Yeah, absolutely. 14. 14 points of damage to the Stantler as she bites on. And then let's go ahead for good measure and do a quick attack. Ooh, okay, great. The Stantler looks real bad right now. Oh, I don't think it's going to hit. What you got? I just got like a 10. That will not hit. Can I use a trainer dice? Yes. Okay. <gasps> 14? A 14 Ooh. is its AC. Oh, yeah, yeah. Booyah. Oh, at least I rolled high on that then. Um, seven. Seven is enough to no KO way. it as it had five HP remaining. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Way to go, Darla. Easy. <laughs> As the Stanler is KO'd, it goes back into the Pokeball as Mooney just sort of like drops to the ground. Yeah, watch uh, out for your coccyx on the way down. It hurts. I know. <laughs> My own pony shot does it to me. Now, Mountainless, he sends out the Zatu. Oh, gosh. He's had to send out a lot of people. As one means of a speedy getaway has been removed, he's going to try to use the other. That is your turn with Darla. Big stuff there. That is then going to take us to Mooney, who hops on the back of the bird and is then going to swoop over toward Jess on it. Of course. No! Using Tailwind to bolster their speed. No! And as he is going to try to pick her up, first off, Darla can get an attack of opportunity against the Zatu. Yes, please. Because they're leaving her zone. Yes, please. We'll do another bite. Okay. 
I want to delay that. If he gets to her, I would like to attack then. Okay, so you're saying, like, if he grabs her and they go and they come back past Darla? Yes. Okay. Or, like, if he grabs her successfully, Darla takes the opportunity then. Because she's, like, right in the middle of the chain. Yeah, she's, like, very, very close. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, yeah, you do that. And he goes over, and he is reaching over the side of this big green bird and attempts to try to grab her up and does so as one of her hands goes up to him. Now, she's going to make a strength check against the big guys over here to see if she can pull up the rock with her. And she does with her 12 against its seven total. And so he pulls her up as they begin to swoop around Darla to try to get her out. Attack. Okay. She does covet. Okay. She has sticky fingers, so any item that she wants, she can also try to take on a success. Roll to hit with covet. As she feels her ancestors, the power of the Eevees of the past, and they're mugging. I'm adding an ace trainer dice. Okay. 16. <laughs> 16 hits. Oh my gosh. Is she technically trying to hit the Zatu or is she trying to hit? She's trying to hit Jess. Okay. Yeah, 16 definitely hits Jess. Yes. You strike out quick with, with quick and sticky, sticky hands. I'm so nervous, you guys. Make a melee attack. We did that. We did that. Success uh, on, a success, on a successful attack. You steal the creature's held item if you are not currently holding one. And she's not? No, she is not. Darla. I could pee a little bit. I'm so happy. Takes the radiant stone from Jess as Evie. She hops up into the air and swipes it. That's my girl. Making her great, 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 great extended grandfather proud. Oh my gosh. Pearl's jaw is agape. Evie. As she swipes it and falls back to the ground and then just with it, like, just starts running back towards you. Yeah, yeah. As Mooney has that moment of, do we stay or do we cut our losses and go? Also, I want to know how much damage I did on Jess really quick. I don't know if that changes what if they if they could run away enough. Yeah. You know, I doubt, but I still want. Uh, eight, uh, nine, uh, da, 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 17. Uh, she is looking very dazed. Okay. As with that, trying to see how confident he was feeling about their chances of still pulling it out. Mooney just rolled a natural one as he, with a scowl, looks back and he says, oh, I'm going to find y'all again. And they ride on the Zatu, exiting the area. Darla bounds towards me with all the massive monkeys following behind her. Come here, Darla! Evie! And as she runs back towards you with this stone in her mouth holding it, you see that Darla begins to glow in the sunlight. With her sweet little Eevee body, you see that it begins to glow and get longer, her limbs sort of extending out regally, more hair tufts coming off of the ears and the side of her face, her tail splitting into two at the end as her fur becomes purple and a red gem appears on her forehead as Darla evolves into an espion. (laughs) and just gives her the biggest hug when she comes to her. <gasps> Darla! Espy! Whoa. And as you are holding Darla, the rest of these guardian ape-like Pokemon that had run off in pursuit 
return as one of them comes back with a kicking and screaming Ringo held by the scruff of the collar. And that is where we'll end this episode. Hey, Daniel here from the Happy-Go-Lucky Podcast. The show you've just been listening to is part of the new and upcoming Podicon Go podcasting network. What is Podicon Go, you ask? We're a group of independent creators that are committed to creating, distributing, and supporting content that is clean, fun, and appropriate for all ages. Thank you for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe and show your love for this show with a five-star review. Every time you do, you're helping to support family-friendly content for everyone to enjoy. Postcards from Pearl is a fan-made podcast and is not affiliated with Nintendo, Game Freak, or the Pokemon Company.